0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. How we doing? Look at you. Look at you. I've already met one. Anybody from Oregon? Yeah. I love you too. Good to see you. I was with you last year. Some of you may recall, I actually had the chance to be with you during Revival Week. And ironically, the things don't happen when I'm in the room. They happen after I leave. And in all seriousness, over the last year, I've reveled in what God has been doing here. I want to say, uh, I also, when I was here last year, um, I gave an opportunity for students who felt a need to give to God. Uh, for my son, who was 12, I, I gave an opportunity to get Pokemon cards. And Jackson, right up here, Gave some Pokemon cards and mice. Hold on. You may have more for him, but he wanted to say, thank you, Jackson. (laughs) Let's pray. Gracious God, this morning, would you teach us how to wait on the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, for all of us, we are waiting for something. Would you teach us, God, how to wait for you? In the name of Jesus, amen. I want to take a few moments uh, today, and I want, to, I, want to, uh, I want to bear a message today about the topic of waiting. Um, these words from Luke, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promises. The Holy Spirit, wait. Uh, it's, it's odd. Uh, the book of Acts uh, that we're reading, and I'm told uh, you're going to be reading in your groups, is a book about the power of God. It's about power. And yet the book of Acts, in the most odd way, begins and ends with waiting. You would never think power and waiting are like friends. The very beginning of the book of Acts, God tells his people, he says, wait for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Wait for God to send the Spirit to you. The very end of the book of Acts, Paul is in prison, awaiting his trial. The beginning and the end of the book of Acts, the book about power, is a book about waiting. The way of the Spirit begins and ends with waiting. Our world and our cultural moment begin and end with impatience. Stats are really interesting. Uh, The average amount of time that you, on average, will wait for a movie to download on your computer is seven seconds. You are really patient people. Seven seconds. If the movie doesn't download, you find another one, or you call your internet provider, or you throw your phone away. Seven seconds. Have you noticed that we don't go to the bathroom anymore? And what I mean is, when we go to the bathroom, we spend most of the time texting. We have no tiny cracks of inactivity. Literacy rates are tanking among kids. Uh, Some scholars have actually come to the conclusion that one of the reasons that this is the case is that moms increasingly are not singing to their newborn babies as they're breastfeeding. They're checking their phones. I don't have patience for anything anymore. I don't know about you. Everyone is running red lights now. I'm at the red light and it turns green and like a microsecond, they gronk at me, the green honk. Give me 12 milliseconds to see the color, bro. We are so impatient. We can't handle the slow way of God. You know, it's funny. We're told at the very beginning of Acts to wait. It's really funny because the last time Jesus spoke to his disciples, he said, go. Matthew 28, Jesus tells his disciples, go into all the world, baptizing them, teaching them the way of Jesus. He said, go. The disciples were probably jazzed. They're so like, we'd love to go. And he's like, oh, but before you go, Wait. That's an odd transition. In preaching, that's called a rough transition. Go! But wait. it's, It's funny how Luke says that in the 40 days that Jesus was with the disciples before ascending to heaven, for 40 days, he was just with the disciples for 40 days. And he says that when Jesus was with them for those 40 days, he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Many convincing proofs. It's really funny. In the 40 days that Jesus was resurrected before his ascension, he doesn't do one single recorded miracle. All he does, the most recorded activity in those 40 days, is how much food Jesus eats. Meal after meal after meal after meal. meal meal. He convinced them he was resurrected by eating lunch. Oh, the kingdom is coming at the speed of digestion. (laughs) The kingdom of God is slow. It's not as fast as you want, it's slow. And when it comes, it comes the way God wants it to come. I want you to see just for a few moments what happens when we wait. I want you to see first of all, in this story, I want you to see number one, that when we wait, when we learn to wait on God, when we learn to wait on God, number one, I just want you to see this, that relationships, relationships are forged, they're made. And that is to say that when you learn to wait on God, God actually begins to open up new opportunities of relationship you could have never imagined. When I was in grade school, we had this weird phenomenon. Back in the late 1900s, we didn't have cell phones. And so we would come to classes, and we didn't have phones. So we would come to class, and we would do this this weird thing that nobody does anymore. I'm a teacher. Do you know what students do when they come in on the first day of class? They sit down, and they pretend to text people because they're embarrassed, they feel naked in the room. And we all know we're lying. Nobody's texting anybody. We're pretending because we don't want to look naked. When I was in grade school, high school, we didn't have phones. We sat down, we did this weird thing. We would turn to people we didn't know and we'd say, what's up? Some of us married those people. It actually turns out when you don't know how to wait, when you run to the TikTok videos, rather than sitting in a room with some people, you are walking by humans that are burning bushes from God. I just want to remind you, if you are on the way of Jesus, humans are made in the image of God. Your iPhone is not. I want to to ask you to do something crazy today. Walk into that weird class that you're in where you don't know anybody. And sit down and don't get on your phone and look at the neighbor next to you and say, I don't know you, will you be my best friend? (laughs) You might end up marrying that person. (laughs) You don't know, you don't know. But here's what happens when you wait, is you are forced to enter into relationships that you never would have had before. Actually, look at the story. In Acts 1, it's interesting, immediately following the text that we read, the early church gets into prayer groups. In the next little section, they, all the disciples get together and pray and have this prayer meeting. I want you to think about those prayer meetings, because I think they were—think about who was there at those prayer meetings. I want to think about this. I mean, John would have been there, Peter would have been there, Mary would have been there. Think about that for a second. Think about that prayer gathering— where Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Peter are stuck in the same small group. Mary was the mother of Jesus. Peter was the guy who turned his back on Jesus three times. I've been a part of some awkward small groups in my life. I think that would have taken the cake. To be in that small group and see Mary and Peter praying together, praying together in the power of the Holy Spirit, she had every right in the world to be mad at Peter, and Peter had every right in the world to not want to know Mary. As, as a married dude for 20 years, you know what I've noticed is that there are these moments when my wife and I pray, and she will say to me, AJ, AJ, we'll be in bed and, and, and we'll pray together. And I'll pray this prayer, this just incredible prayer. And she'll say, AJ, what are you doing? And I'll say, I'm praying. She goes, That was you praying. That was your pastor voice. <laughs> and because I have this weird voice, I, I, I always speak way more like British English when I'm praying in that voice. I don't know why. Thy and thee, and I don't know where this comes from. Why don't you just pray? Just, can you pray for a moment? And usually my prayers with my wife are like, Jesus, help, amen. Because <laughs> she calls me out when I'm not really real, you know, because she knows and she can, she can tell because she's got 20 years of experience. And you know what happens when you've had 20 years of experience in a relationship is all of your brokenness starts coming out. Imagine Mary and Peter praying together in this early Christian community. Imagine what that would have. Mary knew all the junk on Peter's life. He knew it all. She knew it all. She knew everything that was wrong with this dude. It's hilarious in the gospels. John is actually recording when he runs. Poor Peter gets thrown under the bus all the time. John is running to the tomb, and he's, he's literally writing his own story. He goes, I was running to the tomb, and it was, we were going to see if it was empty, and Peter was running too. and John, he totally slips in, and he says, like, but I got there faster. <laughs> Poor Peter just gets thrown under the bus. But the reality is, friends, the reality is, it's not community until we actually know the junk on our lives. And the reality is, waiting in the Holy Spirit and staying and being present gives the opportunity for you to actually be known When you wait, when you stay, you actually become a known human being. You cannot be transformed by pretending because ultimately you are not known, your mask is known. You see, when you wait, when you wait, relationships are made, unthinkable relationships that you would think would never be possible. Also, there's a sense, there's a sense of, of, of deepening of character. that When you wait in, in the Holy Spirit, when you wait on God, there's a sense of God deepening who you are. God is deepening your sense of character. For 10 days, by the way, between the ascension of Jesus when he goes to heaven and Pentecost when the Spirit comes, that Jesus is going to go up and then the Spirit is going to come down. Uh, scholars have pointed out that all this stuff about going down, going up, going down, it's all baptism language. It's all resurrection language. When you go down into the waters of baptism and you come back up, you are symbolizing the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's all up and down, up and down, up and down. It's the, uh, the, the Christian life is the life of res- death and resurrection. Martin Luther said, when you wake up in the morning, you should wash your face and remember your baptism. The Christian life is a life of resurrection. Eugene Peterson, Marva Dunn, the unnecessary pastor, they say, the ascension is a time of yearning, for it initiates the disciples and us into 10 days of waiting for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and for Christ to come again. They are not just waiting, they are waiting for something. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for God to pour out the Holy Spirit. Why, why do we need to wait for that? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Why not just now? Why do we have to wait for the good stuff? You know, I, uh, I'm going to, I've been here four times, and I'm going to say a few things that may make this my last time here. I have, I have the opportunity as a, as a teacher, as a mentor, to work with a lot of students. And uh, I work with a lot of students that wrestle with pornography. A lot of students who wrestle with pornography. And my students are very vulnerable with me. In fact, I taught a class. It was one of the coolest. It was, it was such a good class. I taught a class on the Bible, sexuality, and gender two years ago, and it was the coolest thing ever. I was so, I thought I was going to get fired. (laughs) It was so cool though, man. I have never had a class of students more honest about their stories. They were talking about their real lives, their real stories. We had students in the class. I'm one of those guys who really actually believes the Bible is right, and it has freedom for people that follow it, and it delivers us, and it gives us life. It was one of the coolest classes I've ever taught. And one of the coolest things about this class was students started getting honest about their struggles. You know what I, this is, this is my reflection on the dangers of pornography, is frankly, the problem with pornography is not primarily that it has bodies in it. The Bible has bodies in it. Genesis 1 and 2 is the story of two naked people in a garden. Read Song of Songs. There's a reason that Jewish communities don't let 14-year-old boys read that story until they're 16. It's full of bodies. Here's the problem with porn. Here's the problem with porn is it teaches you and forms you into a way of life that says waiting is stupid. And it says immediacy is always the best bet. Solomon had 800 wives and 1,000 concubines and a really big headache. His women led his heart astray to other gods. We are now digital Solomons with our harems in our pockets. Why do I bring this up? To shame or make you feel bad? No, I bring this up to say, everything in our cultural moment says don't wait and the problem is this when you don't have to wait then you don't have to develop the character to handle the good stuff there's a reason they have to wait for the holy spirit because the holy spirit is so awesome when the holy spirit is in the room stuff happens it was i was so mad last year i was the revival week speaker And it didn't happen when I was here. (laughs) I sat in front of my camera and I was like, it dawned on me that revival is not what happens when I'm in the room. And I don't like that because I'm a narcissist. But I love it. I love it because it means this. I don't have to be in the room for God to work. And the reality is, folks, there were all these, I'm going to say, again, this may be the last time I come and speak. Thank you for having me. There were all these universities out there that saw what was going on here, and they were like, okay, we're going to try to make what's happening at Asbury happen here. And you know what they did? They just turned the microphones up. And they thought, you know what? If we just make it louder, revival will happen. And friends, revival is not, it's not a mic problem. Outpourings of the Holy Spirit is not a personality-driven thing. It is only something God can do on his own time. And your and my job is never to replicate outpourings and revivals. Our task is to get before God and say, God, we will wait on you every minute to come and do what you want to do. To wait. I know some of you, I'm going to bet, I don't know, I'm going to bet some of you actually what happened last year was really hard. And maybe kind of actually was really frustrating. Because you're an introvert too, and so am I. And you had a lot of people come in your world that you didn't ask to come into your world. And you know what? It was maybe hard for you. And I want to say those emotions are real, and it's okay to have them. But I also want to tell you that even if last year was hard, Jesus Christ is after you too. He is after you too. Do you want to be married? Great. At my Bible college, we had a saying, ring by spring or your money back. (laughs) We have a word for that. It's called heresy, by the way. It's called heresy. The sexual prosperity gospel. It's an absolute joke. Some of us want to be married. And that's beautiful. And I want to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you probably what God's doing. He's probably asking you to wait. Some of you are waiting for your best friend. He's probably asking you to wait. You can't wait to live out your dream. He's probably asking you to wait. And He's doing it because He loves you. Because ultimately, He can't give you the good stuff until you develop the character to be able to handle it. And not only this, but the Holy Spirit, when we wait, we have to learn to worship God in the waiting. We have to learn to worship God in the waiting because in the waiting, we're not getting what we want. And so in the waiting, when we're not getting what we want, we have to turn to somebody. We have to turn to somebody to fulfill us. Go back to Genesis 2 in the Bible, early chapters of Genesis. It's really interesting. When God made the man and the woman in the garden, uh, there's this really interesting detail I just want you to see. Adam, when God created Adam, Adam was in the garden with God all alone. There's this period of time. It's interesting. When God created Adam, He did it very differently the way he created the animals. When God created the animals, he created them in pairs together. The male-female couple in a pair. He made them at the same moment. But it's interesting with the humans, because God didn't do it that way. He created the dude first for a little while. There's always somebody who's like, oh, the man came first. He's more important. I say, well, no. If that's true, then the jellyfish came before the humans, so... Don't, don't, don't get weird on us, okay? <laughs> Put that theology on the shelf. And he made the, he made the man first. And the man, the man had God to himself. I mean, I want you to think about that experience. He had God to himself. He had God to himself. He had the garden to himself. It is like the man cave of dreams. <laughs> he had it all, and yet he's alone. Friends, I want you to see, sin has not entered the world yet. God created the man to need something more than just God. He created the man to need a friend. But there was a period of time before the woman was created where he was alone. And you got to ask yourself, why would God create Adam by himself? I want to read to you one of my favorite quotes. Erz von Balthasar, man in history, even Adam, according to the legend of paradise, although created in the fullness of God's grace, had an unsatiated longing until God had given him Eve. Adam transcended and sought through the whole nature, naming and hence knowing, looking for that which would bring him fulfillment and completion. He did not find it. It is strange that human nature above, obviously quite different from the animals already created two by two, has to long for the other. The human is the only one in the Garden of Eden created with something that they had not yet received. They were made to long for something. Friends, you were made by God too long. You know what often happens when we're waiting? Is that's usually when we create our idols. When Moses goes up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments and he takes a really long time, they're embarrassed, and then he comes down, what are they all worshiping? A golden calf. We usually build our idols in our times of waiting. And, I, and there's a reason why. Because we are waiting for something in the space of not receiving what God has given to us, we start fabricating our own God's Friends, I, um, I'll, I'll tell you a vulnerable story, and then we're going to sing a song. This uh, last Christmas was a, a monumental season of time for me. For the very first time in my life, I went for three straight days on a retreat with my therapist. And the point of this story was to get away and just get into my, my story. As a child, uh, I had experienced some very unwanted, very painful sexual trauma as a child. And I went away to get some help. Because I have been waiting for years, waiting for years to heal my heart. And I went away for three days. Do you know that time where Jesus says, let the children come to me? Do you remember when Jesus said that? It dawned on me for the very first time that Jesus was healing my childhood. He was saying, let the children come to me. And by that, he was saying my inner child. And over the course of three days, I received healing in my life that I had been waiting for 20 years to experience. And I got to tell you, the 20 years of counseling, of struggle. There are some therapists in this world who have made a lot of money off of me. 20 years of hard work and to experience the touch of God. Here's what I want to say to you, Asbury. Keep waiting for God. Sit in his lap. Gracious God, King, Father, Holy Spirit. God, we refuse to chase experiences. We chase you. In fact, would you stand up with me? Sorry, would you stand up with me? Do this um, just, just as a simple act of response. Do this with me. If there is something in your life that you are desperately waiting for God on, just put your hands out in front of you like this. Thank you, God. Just hands all over the room. With our hands open, God, we wait on the Holy Spirit. With our hearts soft, ready for you, we cry, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Would your kingdom come? Would you heal? Would you release? Would you provide? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come.